0: Uh, Sam, are you a big sports fan? Oh,
1: yes, sir. I work for the Denver Nuggets as a locker room attendant.
0: Do you work in the shop at all, or are you mainly Uh, Nuggets? I do the Nuggets,
1: but I also help him out around the shop. Okay. More at night, but I still help cover and help him out when he needs it during the day.
0: Okay. Welcome. Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Mike and Sam Fruitman, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, up in Aurora, Colorado. We're going to talk about father and son aspects of this wonderful hobby and how they. Enjoy the hobby together, separately, together, similarly, differently. We're going to explore all that. But thanks, sponsors Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Careful listeners will realize I left out Mike Stadium Sports Cards (laughs) because they are the key sponsor for this episode. So, Mike and Sam Fruitman, welcome to the show. Mike, I know your first national was. Two years ago, but I think that was Sam's first national as well. Give us a little narrative on how you do hobby. Sure.
1: Sam actually was raised in the store for the first two years. I brought him here basically every single day. He found himself on a TOPS conference call after waking up early from an afternoon nap. I forget, it was Mark Sapir or Clay going, did somebody bring a baby? So that was his first introduction to the national scene. But uh, being the son of the, the card shop owner, you're in the shop a lot. He was here for trade nights growing up, and uh, he, he amassed a pretty decent collection. I started collecting cards and I started doing more for the shop and kind of took more of an employee role than a collector role. Well, it's hard to do both. It? Yeah. I mean, the last time I opened packs, I got a free box from work, which was eighteen nineteen basketball prism. My other job, not my dad. He wouldn't give that to me. Okay. But a time, I got a rookie and Michael Porter jr. Special inserts. That was the last box I opened. So yeah, it was an enjoyable box.
0: If you're in the shop and your dad's in the shop, do people come to you to try to twist your dad's arm?
1: Not really. I just say I can't buy He sets the price. He's the boss.
0: You sound like you're the bad cop. Mike's the good cop. Hey, <laughs> yeah, The prices are the price. Yeah. What about for kids, Sam? You got a soft spot for kids? Because Mike does. Yeah,
1: maybe an extra pack of sleeves.
0: What happens if your dad's not in the store?
1: If he's not in the shop and I'm running, <laughs> I'll call him with questions. But we got a lot of people that bring in collections or call, can I buy this? And I tell him no. Sometimes it goes good. Sometimes they get all mad, but I, I don't know what to pay. I don't know how to judge his condition. He's pretty strict on condition of cards.
0: So you yeah. tell no? Is that like a strategy? You tell them no, and then they come back and say, please buy my cards?
1: Yeah, make him come big when he's back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that actually might work. I think a lot of times when I had my local card shop back 40 years ago, people would come in. They would peek in the door and see who was behind the counter. And if it was one of the guys, that was a soft touch, then they'd bring in their cards. And if it was somebody else, they just wait till next time. And I found out later that young man that was doing that was Brian Gray. <laughs> 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 it was very precocious. He was ahead oh, yeah. of time even back in the day. Sam, what are your uh, career aspirations? I don't know that your dad is bivocational, but he does a bunch of different things. What's your heart's desire for your uh, next assignment in life?
1: I'm on the fence. I'm about to go to a university and study business. Uh, I'm not sure what I really want to do. I always have the card shop to go to. If I'm thinking about going with my other job, the NBA route. I'm a locker room attendant for an NBA team. Yeah. So I might see where I can go with that, maybe go front office scouting. So I'm going to see where that could take me but I still have a few years to decide if I want to take over the card shop. But honestly, he's been doing this for how long? 28 years. Why would you think you're taking over the card shop anytime soon? What would you do with your time? I don't golf. I don't ski. I don't have any real vices. No, this is my vice. I think you're going to retire here when you're at 90. They might bury me there. I don't know, bro. I know. Maybe by the couch. that We don't know where it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sam, are you playing sports a lot, or are you mainly just uh, a fan?
1: I, I try to play golf, but... I'm not the most successful at golf. And I've been told I'm bad at basketball. (laughs) I can't get good at basketball simply by watching people play.
0: There is some skill involved. There's some drills. And yeah, Mm -hmm. if you have a business degree, there are some sports administration programs, but they're mainly graduate programs. But I think it's good to narrow down your niche even more because so many people come into the world of sports and they think, I want to work in the field of sports. But it's, you know, you have to figure out, are you in sales or I'm more Mm -hmm. analytical? But you may be more of a customer service or an agent or a people person. So yeah. really understanding what your niche is. But having a foot in the door, I think is great. You know, yeah. And when we were hiring people, Sam, just to be an encouragement here, we really hired as much as possible on attitude So somebody mm-hmm. that had demonstrated that they could be reliable. Character qualities were big on our team because you can train some skills, but if yeah. somebody's lazy, it's hard to train them to be a hard worker. Correct. And you can scare him into being a hard worker, but that's only why you're looking. Mm. I'm disappointed he didn't say he wanted to run any of the manufacturers. They Maybe could use some help, Sam. And, and maybe by the time you get to that age, they'll be ready for you. I don't know, because uh, one of the problems is when you only have one licensee per sport, there's no comparison. People can grumble, but you're not doing worse than somebody else. You're the only game in town. That's an issue for another day. Mike, I'm trying to figure out if your son is working in the card shop and working in this industry, is that kind of like STEM preparation? Because it's like technology and some kind of, not engineering, but it's more working with the numbers and all that stuff. Do you feel it's been a benefit for him to narrow down some of his excellent possibilities for the future? One of the things that's always impressed me about Sam is that he can relate to just about anybody. He's comfortable
1: in any situation, talking with literally anybody, whether it's the, the child coming in the store or the young collector, the adults who come in here. And, and when we've had the opportunities to go to uh, industry events, he's comfortable talking with anybody and he can hold his own rather well. The comfort level that he has is very impressive. And I believe that's a skill set that will definitely help him in the future.
0: Sam, your dad seems to be an extrovert.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you more balanced?
1: Yeah, I see myself more balanced. I'm more of an introvert, extrovert. Uh, I fit myself pretty much in the middle of them.
0: That's me too. I can be a little bit extrovert if I have to be, but it's pretty draining. And I want to go back to my analysis or stuff. So I, I love people, but if it's all people all the time, it's pretty draining. So I wouldn't uh-huh. be very good behind the counter. Sam, do you have friends that are collecting, or are you one of the few in your age group that is involved?
1: Um, when I used to explain to kids at uh, my, my school that my dad owns a card shop, they would look at me and say, does he make any money off that? Who does that? That's so uncool. How, how do you live? How does he make money? They don't say that they... now, do they? Not now. I went from suddenly being like that kid everybody thought was just an average to everybody thinking I'm cool because sports cards were the new coolest thing.
0: Tell me about it. What if your dad did price guides? Oh, but the thing is, I think your dad really loves what he does. Both his gigs sound pretty cool to me. I've seen your dad on TV, and where he stands is almost exactly where my seats are for the Mavericks. Yeah. I know he's getting a good view of the game if he's able to watch and be on the alert for stuff. It sounds like your dad has a a good life and he's doing what he loves. That's what I hope for every one of my kids and the young people that I meet with. Something you're good at, something you enjoy, and even being around the people that you enjoy. Because you can do something you love doing, but if you're with some miserable people, it's not very much fun. And in sports, there are some prima donnas out there, people that are that regard themselves as special and don't follow all the rules. And they've always gotten special treatment. I think it'd be tough to be an agent for people that make millions of dollars and want their agents to make them millions more.
1: It'd be a tough job.
0: Yeah. Have you had a chance to meet any agents, hang out with anybody?
1: We've met Joker's agent. I see agents around the arena, but I don't really talk to them. Got it. it's different from a team relation to an agent relationship.
0: Okay. Shadowing. My kids did shadowing things where they just would spend a half day or... A couple hours hanging out and following around somebody that was doing something. It actually was more helpful in the negative. It was like, hey, I don't want to do that. For me, Sam, I, I love variety. If I'm doing the same thing every minute of every hour of every day. That's pretty hard. I can do that, but I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. I like being around a variety of people. And uh, I like being around smart people. When I taught in college. They were generally pretty smart and trying to learn so each person has to figure out their own thing are you saying that you just figured out last year that your dad was cool
1: (laughs) um it it goes day in day out sometimes he's cool sometimes he's a little annoying but uh. thanks a lot i appreciate that
0: yeah and mike how has sam come of age this has it been just a a gradual blossoming or do you think he's really hitting his uh, stride right now.
1: He has always been the youngest adult I've ever known. Like I brought up before, he's completely comfortable in every situation. When somebody gets done meeting Sam and, and we'll talk to him afterwards, there's nothing but compliments about him. Tremendous tact, doesn't quite have all of my sense of humor, which is probably a good thing. He's got the sarcasm down pretty well. I, I, I get it back from him. It did not skip a generator. But great customer or collector service skills. You're very welcoming when somebody comes in the shop. We've got some friends who are executives on the team and it's impressive to see them go out of their way and talk to a locker room attendant, to a ball kid. Sam initially got the job because he got to know the equipment manager. But this is his third year, and the, the equipment manager knows if he's not pulling his weight, don't keep him around because of me. He's not working.
0: Redirect him, refocus him. My nephew was a ball attendant for a year or two, but he wasn't a locker room attendant. Are you saying you're doing both? It's the same job in many titles, but no, my, I'm a
1: locker room attendant, ball boy.
0: No, my nephew, I think, was not in the locker room. I think he just showed up at the games. And did the halftime in the pregame and the sweeper thing. But I don't remember that he was in the locker room that much.
1: I am in the locker room. And, and his mopping skills on the
0: court are tremendous. I've never seen another ball kid who has his mopping skills. If you're in the right job, if you mm-hmm. enjoy the menial tasks involved in that job, in the right career. Mm-hmm. So sorting cards, that would be a punishment for some people. Uh, it's not for me. I don't think it is for for, for y'all. It's a hobby that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> actually turned into a business. Um, when you guys go to the national, you're both going, how much of your time are you going to be together? And how much of your time are you going to be parting ways?
1: Do you want to tell them what your first national experience is like for the first hour? I don't think you made it past the doors at your first national. <laughs> the first day, I don't think you made it hundred feet into the uh, conference.
0: If you follow your dad, you're going to be following the beat of his drum. What's the level of cooperation and, and, uh, hanging out. Do you have your own agenda for the national?
1: I'm going to play by ear, see how many feet my dad makes it into the doors this time. Yeah. It's well, just fun walking into different booths and seeing what different people have and how they enjoy the hobby. I'm glad that when he goes to a booth and introduces himself that nobody goes, oh, geez, you're that guy's kid. I hope, I hope you're nicer or, or better than he is. The first time we were there, we, I walked in and I would go five feet, see somebody I knew and have a five minute, 10 minute conversation, go another four feet. I'm, I'm guessing you've had the same experiences where you, you've gone 30 feet in three hours, and there's a whole big show that you haven't seen yet. After 10 minutes or so, I think
0: I got the uh, dad. I'm going to call you. I'm, I'm going that way. Sam, you can be not a bodyguard for your dad because he is the bodyguard, but you can be the excuse for uh, extricating him because not every conversation is at the same level of edification. But people enjoy seeing your dad and enjoy seeing me, and I'm sure enjoy seeing you. But uh, would you be buying anything?
1: I'm not sure. I like cards, but also having like physical pieces such as autographed basketballs, game issues. Pieces like that, that's what I like to collect personally.
0: Do you get them in the locker room?
1: I get a few stuff through the locker room, through the players, to the visiting team. So I'm allowed to ask for autographs and stuff. Most of the time they say yes, yeah, so that's how I've grown my collection. My favorite ball I've gotten from visiting team is, has to be probably a Luka Doncic, Dirk Nowinski autograph ball. I didn't prep him, okay? That was just him saying, that's probably my favorite piece. He's, he's in Dallas. I'm
0: nice nice combo there, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you come to Dallas, you better not bring that ball with you. <laughs>
1: Who, who, who else have you got on the best game? I've gotten Zion on one ball. I have a Steph curry Katie autograph ball. I got Dwayne Wade on his last year. I'm trying to think. I have Vince Carter. Who else do I have? I can always tell a good team's coming to town goes, Dad, I need a basketball.
0: That sounds like a pretty impressive collection.
1: I have a lot of game but you shoot and stuff.
0: The, the analytical aspect says that if you take an autograph and put it on a ball, it's worth X dollars. But if you take that ball and cut it up and put it on a card and make it a one-of-one, then that little piece of the ball with an autograph is worth a hundred times as much as what the ball intact would be. Don't abuse it, but enjoy the players and serve them well. Yeah. And it's a way they can appreciate you. It's an honor to be asked for an autograph. Mm -hmm. Just don't say, hey, can you sign these hundred balls for me?
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you tell him not to do something, he will not do it. He's the last honest ball kid. Wait, I'm sorry. I just threw all the other ball kids under the bus, but no, that's not the case.
0: It's, It's a job, Sam, that, every Mm -hmm. kid would want but compliments to you not every kid can handle it because it's like working in a candy store with free candy all the time
1: it's a tough job we have to get there three hours before the game we probably leave three four hours after the game i probably burn two three thousand calories every game it's not an easy
0: i'm not saying it is it's just a job that everybody thinks they want yeah and i think someone would find out hey it is a job and it's probably not that much fun being around the team in spite of the smiley face you're putting on when they lose. I don't think guys are generally very happy when they lose when they're professional athletes. And Sam, listen to your dad and your mom too. Pay attention. They're going to be right at 90% of the time. So don't spend a lot of time figuring out what the other 10% are. Just trust that almost always they're going to be right.
1: And this is a guy who uh, he's a statistician, so please yeah. trust him.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. That's enough preaching and statistics. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good evening and we'll see you in a few weeks. Absolutely.
1: Thank, Jim. You. Thank you, sir.